Auto Plaza Direct King's Court starts now. St. Louis and all points northeast, south, and west. We welcome you in. This is the Window World King's Court. Kevin Slayton with you on this Friday morning on KevinSlaytonShow.com. KevinSlaytonShow.com. It's the only place you can hear us live 7 to 9 every morning central time. But you can hear us on our podcast any time of the day after the show is completed. And you can simply go right here to our website or... Amazon, Apple, Spotify, Google, Anchor, any place that you listen to podcasts, you can find our show. We're everywhere, except YouTube, who took us down. And that gives us a badge of courage, a badge of honor, that YouTube, the most liberal of the big tech operations, would consider us radical because we tell the truth and disagree with them. Isn't it amazing how liberals have formed that outlook on life, that if you disagree with them, you don't have to be crazy, wild, throwing your hands in the air. Just disagree with them, and you're a radical fascist who hates blacks, who hates Puerto Ricans, who hates everybody, women, gays. You hate everybody if you simply disagree with them. That's the lunacy of the liberal mind. Did you ever get a feeling that a spaceship just landed in the midst of us, flying saucer kind of a ship, and a bunch of people got out. They looked like human beings. They sort of acted like human beings. They walked. They talked. But they were liberals. And that's where they came from. These people are from another planet. There ain't any doubt in my mind. And when you hear Biden talk uh, today, you'll share the same feeling, I'm sure. When you hear a voice from the grave today, the voice of Steve Jobs, I think you'll agree. You know, the guy who actually took us into the computer age, not Bill Gates. Bill Gates simply stole from Steve Jobs, just like Mark Zuckerberg stole from those brothers at Harvard the whole concept of Facebook. Two of the greatest thieves in the history of American culture, 
Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg walk around free men because they're liberals. That Martian ship full of liberals that landed here has also taken over the entire media industrial complex, the entire government. It's amazing how quickly they were able to do it. It seems as though they did it within a two-year period. But they're in for the fight of their lives. They didn't think we'd fight like we're going to fight. But we're here to fight. So congratulations to all of those who thought they didn't have any college debt. Now you do. Even though that's not true. Because here's what's going to happen. Can't you see through this already? Fairly obvious to me. What they've decided to do is issue this illegal edict. They know it's illegal. Biden knows it's illegal. He knows he possesses no constitutional authority for it. He knows he would never withstand a court challenge. He knows there will be a court challenge, several. By the time it winds its way to the Supreme Court, which is where it's going to have to end up, the midterms will be over. And he will have accomplished what he thinks he will have accomplished by the votes of people whose college tuition he's handing over to your neighbor. That's the whole point of this. Buy votes. Liberals are so desperate now to win an election on their own. Stealing the election wasn't good enough for them. Controlling the media is not working. Trying to pin January 6th, whatever happened there, uh, dust up on Donald Trump, whoop-de-doo, that's not working. Their star witnesses have been exposed as liars. Their people on their panel have been exposed as liars. So none of it's working. Let's raid the president's Mar-a-Lago estate. That's not working. That backfired. So now let's just buy votes. Let's go back to the old-fashioned way. Let's just buy people. People are for sale. Seems to me that everybody has a price. Is your vote worth ten grand? Is your dignity worth ten grand? Your integrity? To some, yes, it is. But you're never going to see the ten grand. So if you have an outstanding college debt, you're going to pay it, or you're going to be a freeloader. I'm not ever going to have to pay it. So none of the caterwauling is necessary. We can scream and yell and say how unfair it is, and everybody knows that. It's not fair to anyone. Everybody knows that. But it's never going to happen. It's another liberal smokescreen designed to convince as many people as they can, look at us, we're giving you more free stuff. Vote for us. But even the people they're targeting understand the unfairness of it. So once again, as I've said for years, Liberals always go too far. And you know why they always go too far? Because they have to. They're desperate. They have no ideas. They have no solutions. They have nothing. So they scream and yell and throw their arms in the air and call you names. If you're not racist, you're misogynist. If you're not misogynist, you're homophobic. If you're not homophobic, you hate transgenders. If you don't hate transgenders, you hate women. I mean, it's it's all. You, you, You hate everything in their mind. The truth is, remember this, no one projects like liberals. When they say something and accuse you of something, they're doing it. And we have more evidence of that today. Funny that I should mention that. You're going to hear Karine Jean-Pierre, the black lesbian 
communications director. And I always have to point that out because that's the only reason she got hired. You know, if she were some sort of magna cum laude from an elite school, I would point that out. But she's not. She's a black lesbian. That's how she got the job. And, by the way, she's setting the cause of black lesbians back six million years. She's a blubbering imbecile. And you'll hear her try to explain who's going to pay for this supposed college tuition suspension. What are they calling it? They use a different word every day. They never say transferal, if you notice that, because that's what it would be worth to succeed. You're not getting rid of the debt. You're just transferring it. But wait to hear her try to explain it. Larry Elder has his take on it. Jackie DeAngelis will give us the Baker's take on this college tuition refund, they call it. Jackie Heinrich, reporter for Fox, is on to something, and she asked Karine Jean-Pierre about the real national emergency. Biden acts as though this is a national emergency to tell people they don't have to pay their college tuition. Ten grand of it anyway. Then he went on a tirade at a fundraiser in Maryland calling you and me, if you're a Trump supporter, I am, calling us semi-fascist. Stephen Miller will tell you what a fascist is. Karl Rove, a guy that I don't respect, once did, but don't anymore. But he did make some salient points last night with regard to Biden's comments. And we'll play those for you. Biden's a traitor to this country, by the way. You'll hear some vitriol and hatred from the mouths of these liberals regarding Republicans. The governor of New York telling Trump supporters to get out of the state. You're not New Yorkers. This is how liberals think and act. Again, what was it? What did I start out by saying? If you dare disagree with them, just that, get out of the state. You're not a New Yorker. Go to Florida where you belong. She actually said that. Victor Davis Hanson has a very interesting take on the difference between liberals and conservatives. Then today at noon, we're supposed to find out what's going on in the affidavit case down in Florida for the illegal search and seizure at the Mar-a-Lago estate. A corrupt judge acting in a corrupt manner isn't going to make the FBI or the Department of Justice redact, uh, erase any of their redactions. You're not going to find anything out from what they're going to eventually unseal. So don't get your hopes up. Alan Dershowitz will weigh in on how we can get rid of these political attorney generals. Big story last night. Mark Zuckerberg is claiming, and I see no reason for it not to be true, that the FBI lied to him and everybody at Facebook and told them that they had to be on the lookout for false Russian disinformation coming from Hunter Biden's laptop just before the 2020 election. That's interesting. What's more interesting, though, is Brett Tolman, who, if I ever got in trouble with the United States government, I would hire in a heartbeat as my attorney, former U.S. attorney, knows the ins and outs of everything in the federal court system. He's going to tell you here this morning, you're going to hear from his own mouth, the FBI has a legal right to lie while setting you up. I bet you didn't know that. I didn't. The Nazis are out talking about vaccines again. 
Novak Djokovic, the greatest tennis player in the world today, will not be playing in the United States Open, thanks to Biden. Now, now ponder this for a minute. Because the Joker isn't vaccinated, he can't enter the country. But illegal aliens unvaccinated enter the country every day illegally. Novak Djokovic wants to come here legally with a legal passport to play in the nation's tennis tournament as the greatest player in the world, and the United States won't allow him. But they'll allow Pedro from San Juan or Mexico City to come in unchecked. Somebody justify that for me? How about you, Karine Jean-Pierre? Can you justify that? No. Megan Kelly's going to be along this morning, and you're not going to want to miss this, because Megan Kelly tells little Tony Fauci what everybody wants to tell him. It's beautiful. And as I mentioned, you'll hear from Steve Jobs. Very, very chilling words from 1995. See if he didn't predict what's happening. In the meantime, if your windows are, are having troubles, there's only one place to go, Window World. It's where I went, and you can get the same as I got, a free in-home estimate where they'll prove to you that they're simply the best for less. It's not just a slogan with them. All you have to do is call like I did, 314-993-1800, 314-993-1800. They'll come out to your house. And if you go with Window World, you're going to be saving thousands of dollars. The competition can't even compare price-wise. You'll also be getting the preferred window of the Blues, the official window of the Chiefs, who wrapped up their preseason last night with a victory over the Packers. You'll be getting the windows that I have in my house. You know I don't lie to you. I know this. My utility bills went down ever since I got Window World windows. Double-strength glass. They're sealed so spectacularly that none of my cool air in the summer escapes, allowing hot air to come in. In the winter, the exact opposite. None of my warm air gets out. And my furnace doesn't run 24-7. Neither does my air conditioner. So I don't have to replace them. Lifetime warranty that covers all parts, glass breakage, and labor. That's because of the double-strength glass that only Window World uses. It's not an extra item. It's normal for them. They offer 18 months, same as cash financing with approved credit. 314-993-1800. 314-993-1800. That is Window World. Give them a call today and you'll be very, very happy that you did. I don't know if you have paid attention to the COVID scientific data that's been out, all these studies, these different studies, and we're going to get into it a little bit more later on, but it always fascinates me when these people lie. This government has lied to you more about COVID probably than any single thing that they've ever spoken about. There was a Lance study that showed that immune function among vaccinated people eight months after the administration of two doses of the vaccine was lower than that among unvaccinated people. So after you get two doses of this vaccine in eight months, I'm more immune than you are. 
In fact, I'm much more immune than you are because I've had COVID twice. I've had the antibodies. I've taken ivermectin to get rid of it fast. And I can tell you this, the bronchitis and the strep throat that I've had for the past uh, week, a 100,000 times worse now. I've multiplied it even higher than any moment of COVID that I've experienced. Not even close. Before we kick it off, Joey is uh, here. Hello, Joey. How are you today? Kevin, you know, you are right about one thing, man. Uh, One thing? I'm only right about one thing? Uh, Well, you're right about a lot of things, but just what you just said, strep throat, that is really a rough experience. I've had that before. I mean, you feel like you can't even swallow or eat or nothing. Yeah, (laughs) you feel like punching punching a liberal. (laughs) 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 You mean... You mean like Joe Biden taking Trump out behind the gym and beating the crap out of him? That's the kind. That's the kind of fight we're looking for. Joe Biden, who's never beaten the crap out of anybody in his life. My goodness. You know, uh, Kevin, you're right about a lot of things, actually, which is why I'm calling. I I wasn't able to listen to the last uh, 20, 30 minutes or so live yesterday, and I actually just listened to it uh, this morning before you came on live. And I wanted to follow up on what you were talking about, about Kansas City yesterday. Let me tell you, Kansas City, it's a, it's a very, very nice place. And you want to talk about that sports complex. You know, you mentioned you never felt threatened there. The reason you never felt threatened there is because since they did actual planning, it's impossible to feel threatened there because the way that place is set up, it's set up like a theme park. Right. There's one parking lot with a barbed wire fence all the way around. Everybody goes through one toll gate to get into the parking lot. And that, so there's no way any, nobody can just wander in off the street. It, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It, it's safe. You've got the huge lot and both stadiums right there. I mean, it should be the model for every sports complex in the country. Yes, it should. And I was going to say, whoever, and he may not even be with us anymore, but whoever designed that entire thing 40 years ago should be the guy that every city should call when you're going to build a new stadium complex. That guy is a visionary. Imagine what he'd see in the future now since he envisioned what he did for Kansas City, two stadiums that are still the best venues. Arrowhead's the best football venue other than perhaps Green Bay. They're, they're close, but I'd still pick Arrowhead. Uh, Ewing yeah. Coffin Stadium, uh, whatever they call it these days, still a wonderful venue to watch a baseball game, even though the Royals suck. Absolutely, Kevin. I'm pretty sure, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was Lamar Hunt who designed most of it because the other thing I was going to say, you want to talk about uh, Trump and St. Louis in other ways. So just up the highway there from the sports complex, is the Kansas City Amusement Park uh, Worlds of Fun. Worlds of Fun is so much better than Six Flags here. There's not even a comparison. How much cleaner it is, how much nicer it is. That the, the, They have better roller coasters. And Lamar Hunt built Worlds of Fun. And then a lot of people don't know this, but underneath the amusement park and also sort of underneath and next to it, there's a giant underground logistics facility in in old caves and i think uh lead strip mines i want to say it's the largest underground like trucking facility in the country that lamar hunt also built i mean you want to talk about jobs it's this huge underground storage and logistics facility 
adjacent and underneath the theme park, right right across from the sports complex. And I think Lamar Hunt had a hand in building all of it back in the 60s. Well, I was not aware of that. Wasn't um, Worlds of Fun built before Six Flags? Um, I think they were built about the same time. I want to Six Flags was 71 because they had their 50th last year. Worlds of Fun was probably 70, 71 or 72. I think they were built about the same time. Interesting. Uh, I, 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 because there was a big boom in theme parks during that in the early 70s. Everybody was building them. And then the other thing, Kevin, this is the other thing I wanted to mention. I know I, I feel like I'm a, a tourism guy for Kansas City, but all this stuff, just all this came into my mind. So there's a section of Kansas City that's kind of like North St. Louis. It's an old section of Kansas City where there's a lot of big old warehouses. But the difference between North St. Louis and, and that part of Kansas City, which is actually called the Bottoms, instead of a place where you can't go because you would probably die and there's nothing going on but criminal activity, Kansas City's transformed that entire area into a massive antique shopping district. All these warehouses are full of antique malls that some of them are like six, seven floors. These big freight elevators go up and down them. And then down in the streets, they have food trucks. Every weekend, it's a big party. You park underneath kind of an old beat-up overpass. You know, it looks kind of run down, but you never feel unsafe. There's always police around. And the whole district, you just walk up and down the streets in and out of these warehouses and shop. And it's actually being utilized instead of just a crime-ridden drug den like North St. Louis. Yeah, and what they all also did, I know they're in a, they've got a new facility now for basketball and such uh, in the uh, near the Basketball Hall of Fame there. But before that, they transformed the stockyards in Kansas City right. with Kemper Arena. Kemper Arena right. was so far ahead of its time. And there were restaurant districts down there. It was spectacular. You'd think, oh, the stockyards. I'm not going down to the stockyards. But they had transformed it completely into a great night spot and, of course, a perfect venue for going to games. Kansas City is much more of a visionary town than St. Louis has been in 50 years. But and I'm guessing because they're not bogged down by the same political morass that this city has. Yeah, I mean, and obviously the, the liberals run the city. I mean, Democrats run. They got that crazy congressman out there. I think it's Cleaver. I mean, but 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 whoever. Even though they're Democrats running it, obviously they've got they've got better vision by far. And I just looked it up, Kevin, just to, to, to make sure we got it correct. So actually, Worlds of Fun was two years after Six Flags. Six Flags was seventy one. Worlds of Fun was seventy three. So pretty much the same time. Yeah, about the same time. Yeah, but uh, you know. But Kansas City, yeah, it's a great. I mean, we we drive out there three, four times a year, and usually spend a couple weekends there because it's just it's a, it's a nice place. I mean, and everybody's friendly, and you know, and you don't have you know the Royals suck, but at least all their fans aren't doing you know. Kevin, I, I know I'm ranting on all this, but I mean, you know, we we, we missed you all week. It was bad not having you yesterday. You were knocking it out of the park, but I mean that. This stuff with pool holes is unbelievable down there. You know, you you talked about it yesterday. You know, now it's just oh, you know, you know, all the hosannas, like you would say. I mean, the guy, the guy left town, and you know, you know, I feel bad for his wife now because she's obviously sick, and he and he kicked her to the curb when she's sick, which is really shows his character. But his wife, before she was sick, his wife was a piece of work too, and you mentioned that. 
I know for a fact because I, I knew some ushers that were down at the stadium back then. The wife wanted California more than him, and I bet he's going to try to blame her now. I'm waiting for him to come out with a statement saying, oh, I never should have left, you know, and now I'm divorcing her. She wanted to go out there and be on the Housewives show, just like Edmund's little wife did. The yeah, that, that wife wanted to be on the real Housewives of Orange County and all that. And yeah, that, that, that does not surprise her. me. Her expertise in life is that she slept with the right guy. Right. That, that, that's what her expertise is. I mean, yeah, and it's a shame she's got, I guess, brain cancer. Now, you know, you never want anybody to be sick. But the woman was a star chaser. Like you said, she slept with him. She wanted to go out to Hollywood with all the light. And I'm sure she did push him. I won't say it was 100% her, but it was probably maybe more than 50% her that wanted to go out there. Well, if he was adamantly against leaving, though, that tells me that he's a weak person. Because if you're adamantly against leaving, you can sit down and talk with your wife and say, look, my career has been based here. We're wealthy beyond our wildest dreams because of this town and this organization. And this team is the one that gave me my chance. You know, unless we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars in difference, why are we leaving? When the $50 million difference is what it is, and it's going to be eaten up by taxes anyway. Can't you talk logic to your wife? But apparently, Pools was either too weak or he agreed enough that that was the, that was the ticket. F. St. Louis, they're they're such sheeple that if I ever come back ten years from now, they'll still glorify me, and that's exactly what happened. These are the same people that were defacing his statue over at Westport, who are now fawning all over his feet. I know people were burning the jerseys. Remember that? On, I yeah. remember on Channel Five on KSDK, they put they had it on. Somebody had a bonfire and they were burning yeah. the jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> And they were scraping up the statue. Hell, they would have torn it down if they didn't remove it before they did. It would have been the first statue torn down. (laughs) You're right. You know what? That would have been the first statue torn down. That would have been a historical footnote. Yeah. We beat the Virginians in Robert E. Lee's statue takedowns. Oh, my goodness. Kevin, I mean, and, and you know, you mentioned this yesterday, too, and, and I, I know I mentioned it to you in a, in, a, in, a, in a message a few days ago. I mean, you know, Jack Clark, whatever he said, I mean, all I know is before the All-Star break, this guy looked so bad. It looked like this was literally a clown act, which it is. I mean, the man couldn't even hit a baseball. I think the only two of his home runs before the All-Star break, two of the five or six he had, were against position players. Right. He couldn't do anything. And then all of a sudden, consequently, right when his buddy Yachty comes back from Puerto Rico, which, you know, there's down in those kinds of areas, you can probably get some illicit substances pretty, pretty easily. Oh, yeah. He comes back from there, and all of a sudden, Albert looks like Babe Ruth. Yeah. It's funny how they think we're not going to notice. But the truth is, only a few of us do notice. The sheeple just ignore it. Any rational mind would ask the question, what the hell's going on here? You know, you don't have to uh, say, well, I know factually that he's doing steroids because we don't know. But you you certainly, if you're rational, you think, wait a minute. As you just pointed out, he couldn't hit me before the All-Star break, and now he's hitting everybody with authority. What happened? I mean, I mean, could he have found it, I guess, but it's just, I mean, and, and, the, and the other thing is, I mean, yeah, it's so crazy. His OPS is higher than Goldschmidt the last few weeks. Yeah, and, and, and it's a short, obviously a very short, small sample. But 
keep this in mind too. Athletes do not get better as they get older. That's just a given. That's a fact of life. Check with any doctor. That That's the information doctors have given me through the past 20 years about the steroid stuff. They said anytime you see an older athlete all of a sudden out of nowhere jump up with a spike in performance, roll your eyes. Exactly. I mean, and that's what happened with Bonds and McGuire. They were both in their upper 30s, and all of a sudden they looked better than they did when they were 22. Yeah, Bonds put together the most historic statistical seasons maybe in history for a guy his age, and they yeah. were absurd. It was, it was like pinball numbers, and then we found out what the truth was. He was a cheater. Oh, my goodness. Hey, Kevin, uh, last thing I want to say, uh, I, I'm going to switch gears back to the politics, and then I'll, I'll get off here for you. But, uh, you know, you mentioned it about the comment DeSantis made about Fauci, which was quite hilarious. Well, it's already been called out. I just saw a story this morning. And, and by the way, just the nature of this comment should make people think, wait a minute, where does he have this money from? But, of course, nobody's going to say anything. Our buddy, uh, you know, movie star hair gel out in California, Gavin Newsom, he called out DeSantis already and said, you know, anybody that makes fun of somebody because they're short, you know, that shows they're a big bully. And and uh, <laughs> Newsom said he's going to donate $100,000. Now, he's not saying if it's his own money or the state's money. It's probably the state's money. He's going to donate $100,000 to this turncoat Chris to try to beat DeSantis. Who does uh, Gavin Newsom think he is? The kingmaker? I mean, nobody cares about that loser. California's broke. They'll never nominate him. They'd like to, but they ne- they'll never be able to because his record is so pathetic. But they, there's, here's, you can always tell who the liberals are desperate to beat. They, they gang up on somebody illegally, legally, doesn't matter to them. So it's right. DeSantis and Trump. Those are the two people they fear the most and they're petrified of them. You know, Kevin, I mean, and you're a legal guy. Is, is there some kind of a campaign finance issue when a sitting governor is saying he's going to donate six figures to another candidate across the country? I mean, there certainly, there, certainly should be. There certainly should be. I don't know. I, I, if you understand campaign, campaign finance law, then you are a smarter man than me. Because <laughs> I, I used to think the limitation was $2,000. And then you hear about these multi-million dollar donations. So I have no idea what the law is, and I don't think anybody does, including the people that drafted it. Right. Well, I think John McCain was the last guy who at least who at least uh, revised it, so you know how that probably went. Right. Right into his pocket. Kevin, uh, keep up the good work. Your, your voice is sounding pretty strong. I hope you're continuing to feel better. And um, I'm looking forward to the rest of the show, especially that Steve Jobs bit. Carpe uh, diem. All right, Joey. Thank you very much. You're going to love Steve Jobs. It's later in the morning. Um, but, yeah, and I appreciate those nice comments. The, the voice is coming along. It's not where it should be, but I get two more days off after today. But I don't want to complain because I'm not a liberal. Otherwise, if I was a liberal, I'd be whining and moaning about, oh, my God, I... Why weren't these people wearing a mask? How did I get bronchitis? I must have gotten it from somebody who wasn't six feet away. Oh, God. I tried my darndest. I had three masks on. How did I get sick? Good God. Well, let's get into it, shall we? Because yesterday, Biden and his gang of criminals were trying to justify this money grab to buy votes by... They claim eliminating your college tuition debt. Of course, that's not going to happen. You know, I know, everyone knows nothing's eliminated. 
Banks get paid. Schools get paid. Those are two things that you'll always understand in life. If you want a good financial education real quickly, banks get paid, schools get paid. And the government gets paid. Three of them. Nobody else is guaranteed to get paid, but those three will always get paid. And so yesterday, Karine Jean-Pierre, the black lesbian uh, press secretary for this dilapidated White House, really got caught. And she decided that she would invoke the legendary Susan Rice as two people, herself and Susan Rice, who would be happy to explain who's paying for this. See if you can decipher who's paying for this. Ambassador Rice said that she's happy to have that discussion. I'm happy to have this discussion as well. Uh, look, if you look at what this president has done, uh, if you look at the end of this, this coming end, uh, end of the fiscal year, $1.7 trillion that we have deduced uh, br- brought down uh, the deficit. That matters. That matters. And if you look at the Inflation Reduction Act, it's going to ha- add another $300 billion is going to uh, uh, bring down the deficit again. And you might spend 300 to $900 billion but, extra. So you can do that and not uh, but here's the, the thing. Deficit. Here's the thing. What we are trying to do here, we are doing this responsibly. Uh, you heard directly from the president. Uh, this is something that is going to be important for middle class Americans. When you think about 90% of the folks who are, uh, who are going to actually benefit from this are making $75,000 or less. And you think about what Republicans did just a couple of years ago. Uh, they, they signed off on a two trillion dollar, uh, trillion dollar tax cut for the wealthy okay. and did not provide any way to pay for that. And for that, this? again, here's what we have done. Here's what, here's. A lot about how much it might cost, it might not cost. Who is paying for this? What we are saying is the, the work that this administration has done, the work that the Democrats in Congress has done, is actually there, and you see that the 1.7 trillion uh, deficit in deficit uh, deduction that you see is is going to benefit us in being able to do something for the middle class, to do something do. for the middle class. This is about doing something for people who make less than $125,000, $1.7 trillion. That's what we've been able to do. My God, she's nuts. That woman is just a born genetical liar. The $1.7 trillion, look at what we've been able to do. Reduce the deficit by $1.7 trillion. You act like that magic number just falls into a bank account somewhere. Oh, here's $1.7 trillion we have. No, you don't. You don't have money. You didn't get cash. By the way, the Congressional Budget Office predicted a huge drop in our debt under Biden's first two years because it was a a ramification of Trump's work, not yours. And yet you didn't even come close. You fouled that up. The work this administration has done, what work? 9% inflation, you mean that work? That's going to pay for this? The one point seven trillion. That's 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 it matters. She says, "Where is it? Is it in your pocket? Is it in your account? Check Hunter Biden's account. It might be there actually. But that's that's not magical money. That didn't just show up. How come everybody in the free world knows that people who didn't go to college and some who did 
are the ones who are going to pay for this if it ever actually happens. It won't. But my God, she lies. But she said this, and this is the most important thing she said. You heard directly, she said, directly, not directly, directly from the president himself that this will benefit the middle class. So if you're in the middle class, you heard it directly. So there's no reason to doubt it now. It was directly coming out of Joe Wuhan Willie Otala Biden's mouth. Directly. What did Republicans do, she said? They signed off on a $2 trillion tax bill that benefited the wealthy. They continue to lie about that, even though every person in this country who works and pays taxes got more money in their take-home pay under Donald Trump because of the tax cuts. Not the wealthy, but the guy who works at the car wash, the guy who works at the fast food joint. Anybody who pays taxes took home more money. That's just a fact. But they lie about that too. But why wouldn't they? The work is there, she said. What does that mean? The work is there. I think Larry Elder has a better idea of what's going on because Biden also said yesterday that this would benefit the blacks and Hispanics the most, once again pandering to what he thinks is his base, but it's really his withering base. Larry Elder, who is black, begs to differ. I call this reparations for rich white people. That's, what, that's really what this is. Hmm. Uh, and again, you start with the proposition that nobody put a gun to anybody's head, Pete, and said, take out these loans. It's a very simple proposition. Absolutely. You took out the loans, ideally because you assumed that they were going to give you a career that would be money-making. So these people who are having their loans forgiven are in the best position to pay them off than any other Americans. And most Americans have not gone to college, and those who have, most of them have paid back their debts. Aside from that, I got no problem with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Larry. Aside from that, we got no problem with it. But he's right. The only people benefiting from this are the elites. And most of them are white. But Biden somehow wants you to think he's the black man's president. One of the eternal bigots of all time, one of the biggest racists that's ever graced the land of the United States is Joe Biden. Best friends with the grand cyclops of the Ku Klux Klan eulogized him, said, if you ain't voting for me, you ain't black. Said he doesn't want his kids to go to school in a racial jungle. This is the same guy. Let's give Karine Jean-Pierre one more chance at explaining her lies. So assuming that 75% of, of folks who take, take us on on the President Student Loan Cancellation Plan, and you look at uh, the, the average uh, uh, monetary, uh, the average cash flow on that, uh, it's going to be about $24 billion per year. What is she talking about? If you look at the average cash flow on that, on what? Who hired this woman or this thing? I don't know what she is. She could be a guy. We don't know. Who hired it? If you just look at the cash flow on that, it'll be $24 billion a year, except that the independent group, financial group that studied this, said it will be between 40, $440 billion and $600 billion over a 10-year period. So on the low side... That's $44 billion, just about double what she said. Now, again, 
That's if it ever happened. It's not going to happen. It's the most illegal thing Biden has engaged in among an entire laundry list of things. He knows it. I'm sure everybody's advised him of it, but he doesn't care because pandering is his best talent. Jackie DeAngelis, she also knows how this money works, and she gave us the baker's version of what's inside this executive order. This is all going to get baked into the cake. So when they know that the government is going to forgive your 10000 or your $20,000 in loans, they're going to raise the price of tuition and say, well, the student could be pushed a little bit more to borrow more. This brings us back to this Band-Aid principle, right? They're slapping a Band-Aid on the fact that tuition costs are going up rather than addressing that problem, sort of similar to what they're doing with the IRS. Let's beef up the IRS, put more agents out there instead of addressing the tax code to make sure that the rich actually do pay their fair shares. The Band-Aid approach never works in the long long run, it's going to cost students more. So the kids that are, you know, approaching college now, I fear for them even more than the ones that are trying to pay back these loans because the tuition costs are going to become astronomical. Man, she hit it on the nose, didn't she? She hit it right out of the ballpark. It's exactly what's happening. Why don't you address the tax code? The tax code has needed revision for decades. It's full of loopholes. But when you talk about pay their fair share, that's always bothered me. All right, I'm not one of the upper 1% financially in this country, but I have no, none, absolutely zero envy or whatever whatever word I could use. I, I don't hold it against them that they're able to use the tax code as it exists legally to pay as little tax as they can. I do. In my world, I'll use everything in that tax code legally that I can do to pay as little tax as I can, and so does everybody else, unless you're an imbecile. If you're a functioning illiterate, then you don't. You just say, ah, I don't even look at that tax code. Let me just pay as much as I can. Do you do that? No. So I don't behold any, I don't hold any grudge against any wealthy people who aren't paying their fair share. They act as though somehow wealthy people have committed a crime by using the existing laws in our country, in our tax code, to save millions. Good for them, I say. But the dumbasses in Washington don't want to revise the tax code. You know why? Because it benefits them. They're the biggest tax thieves in history. I think Jackie Heinrich from Fox was all on to what's really going on here. Biden claimed this was some sort of national emergency. Jackie Heinrich got a hold of Karine Jean-Pierre and pinned her down with the real reasoning. This is about getting people to vote ahead of the midterms and that the real national emergency is Democrats in the midterm election. Well, I mean, uh, I disagree with everything that you just laid out. We have said we're not going to make everybody happy. Uh, and so if you're not making everybody happy, uh, you cannot say that, you know, that what you just laid out is certainly cannot be the case either. What? Does she grow dumber with every comment? Nothing she ever says makes sense. You said, she always claims this, well, we said this. So in other words, it's fact. 
But we said we weren't going to make any, everybody happy. Well, why not? You bragged about how fair this was, how this benefits the middle class. Well, who wouldn't be happy with that if it actually benefited the middle class? But it doesn't. If it's fair, everybody would be happy with fair. Don't you strive to see things that's fair, fair treatment, fair laws, fair people? I think we all like that. So we'd all be happy with fair, but it's not fair. As it's designed, if it were ever to be implemented, it's grotesquely unfair. Show me, under any definition of fair, where making people pay for other people's bills that they never promised to pay, that they didn't incur, but they pay someone else's bills who actually did promise to pay them, who benefited from them, tell me how that's fair, under any definition. Unless you're a lunatic, and they are lunatics. It's so bad that this complete single-digit IQ Miguel Cardona, who is the education secretary, I guess Obama had to load his cabinet with as many Hispanics, blacks, black lesbians that he could, whether they're qualified or not. It really doesn't matter to him. If you're black, if you're Hispanic, if you're gay, if you're a lesbian, man, even more. If you're transgender, come my way. Now, I don't care if you're an idiot. That, that doesn't matter. You're transgender. You're my guy, gal, whatever. Miguel Cardona continues to squirm every time he's asked what it's going to cost. How much does this cost? You know, the projections are still uh, coming out depending on how many people uh, take advantage of it. But let me remind folks. What's the range, three Mr. Months, Secretary? What's the, what's the range of possibilities? Well, like I said, um, those projections are still coming out based on how many people take advantage of it. <laughs> In other words, I have no idea, and I'm sure not going to tell you if I did. That was on CNN, by the way. CNN where he had no idea, and if he does have an idea, he's not telling you. But the real thing is, A, they have no idea, B, they don't care because they know it's never going to happen. This is a vote grab, a vote buy, a vote purchase, whatever you want to call it. So after all that, after looking like a complete buffoon, which Biden, of course, specializes in, he goes on this fundraising tour, in Maryland before all these big Democrat donors who now are staging these fake rallies to try to look like a Trump rally. People around him with cards and things. That never happened until Donald Trump. Liberals simply imitate Trump and then try to castrate him. But here's what Biden really thinks of conservatives. You know, Mr. Unity, the guy who's the unifier, who promised in his inauguration day speech that He's the guy that's unifying the country. Here's what he really thinks of you if you disagree with him. The Republicans have made their choice to go backwards, full of anger, violence, hate, and division. I respect conservative Republicans. I don't respect these MAGA Republicans. They're a threat to our very democracy. Can you imagine this guy? Anger, hate, violence, division. Mr. Division himself. So I'm a threat to our very democracy. How am I a threat to the democracy? I'm a MAGA Republican. How am I a threat? Because I speak the truth. I back it up with evidence and facts. In Biden's world, that is a threat. 
because he's a pathological liar. But isn't that interesting? Once again, the guy who loses his temper and goes from 0 to 700 on the anger uh, model in about 3.2 seconds is telling you that you get angry. Once again, liberals telling you what they are, that they resort to violence. When has any protest or anything that looked like a protest deter, uh, d- uh, disintegrated into violence? And I'm not talking about breaking some windows at the Capitol. I'm talking about violence, burning buildings, looting businesses, destroying government uh, buildings by burning them down with people inside of them. When has anyone done that? Destroying minority-owned businesses by burning them to the ground. When have conservative protesters done that? They broke some windows and broke some furniture at the Capitol. That's it. They, they continue to act as though most of the protests in 2020 were mostly peaceful, even though that's a lie. Always will be a lie, but it doesn't stop them from lying. So that's what he thinks of you. And you know what else he thinks of you if you're a MAGA Republican? If you're a MAGA Republican, Biden thinks this of you. What we're seeing now is the beginning or the death knell of an extreme MAGA philosophy. It's not just Trump. It's the entire philosophy. It's like semi-fascism. So now you're a semi-fascist. You're a semi-fascist, according to Biden, if you disagree with him. Stephen Miller, who I always love hearing from when Biden steps in a pile of crap, understands what a real fascist is and what isn't. What is fascism? Raiding the home of your political opponent for purely political reasons? Shutting down people's lives and businesses? Kicking people out of school because they won't get your vaccine? Leaving people at the mercy of violent criminals while weaponizing justice against your political opposition? Those are fascist actions. You know what else is fascist? Forgiving student loan debt illegally, going around Congress with no constitutional authority instead of asking for a law. All of those activities are fascist. Carpe diem, Stephen Miller. And that's exactly what the Democrats did. Every one of those things came from them. But now we're fascists. The fascists, in case people don't quite understand fascism, it's an authoritarian government. I'll give you a couple of examples. Benito Mussolini, Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, Joe Biden. Those are the fascists of the world. Karl Rove, who isn't necessarily a fan of Donald Trump's. I'm not a fan of Karl Rove's for a lot of reasons, mostly because of what he did to Eric Greitens and then lied about it. But for a moment in his life, he got some clarity when Biden pissed him off with these comments about fascism. So what do you think of it, Carl? What do you think of Biden's comments about Trump voters? Uh, to, to think about the people who voted for Donald Trump, 72,216,000. Uh, they voted for him because he stood for tax cuts, because he, he had worked for to make America energy independent. He believed in limited government and had 
put in place sensible, re- limited regulations. He had been for a strong national defense, rebuilding our military after eight years of, of uh, the Obama-Biden administration. He believed in secure borders and building the wall. He believed in law and order when our cities were in flames, and he appointed conservative judges. And that's a semi-fascist philosophy. But the idea that, the, that his successor would come in and denounce him and denounce the ideas that he stands for as semi-fascist is, is just beyond the pale. I think beyond the pale is much too easy language. Can you go a little further, Carl? Tell us what you really think that this guy is the fraud we knew him to be. You know, this is particularly egregious, giving the remarks made on a cold January morning, about just after noon of January 20th, 2021, when Joe Biden said, my whole soul is in this, bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting our nation. And how can we do that, he said? We can see each other not as adversaries, but as neighbors. We can, can we can treat each other with dignity and respect. And he was the president who set that tone. That was what he exemplified in the campaign. Vote for me and I will unite the nation. And those words, which were, uh, you know, kind, emotional, uplifting, optimistic words, he, he, he went to Montgomery County, Maryland, to a Democratic National Committee fundraiser and, and basically said everything against what he had said in his inauguration address. The pledge that he made to unite the country, he, he, he threw it in the trash bin. And why did he do that? Because he wants to win in this election, and he is willing to say and do anything in order to achieve his purpose. So let's take 72,216,000 Americans and denounce them as believing in a fascist movement. Yeah, and he ought to be ashamed. Well, he ought to be, but he's not. For two reasons. Number one, you can't shame these despicable people. But number two, he has no idea that he even said it. I can promise you that. This this lunatic has no idea what he's saying half the time. He he reads off of a teleprompter and gets himself going so fast he jumbles his words together. He has no idea what he's talking about. But yes, he should be ashamed. Does he owe people an apology? Absolutely. But this is typical of what these people engage in. Hillary Clinton said we were deplorables. Biden calls us semi-fascists. What is Kathy Hochul, the liberal governor of New York, who's only there because Andrew Cuomo couldn't keep it in his pants, but she's decided to tell New Yorkers, get the hell out of here if you disagree with me. We're fighting to bring government back to the people and out of the hands of dictators. And we're here to say that the era of Trump and Zeldin and Molinaro just jump on a bus and head down to Florida where you belong. You don't represent our values. You are not New Yorkers. You are right. They don't represent your values because you don't have any. Your values are to steal, to lie, to cheat. That That's the value system of a liberal. That's what they do. That's their value system. So she's right on that one. But when she says you're not New Yorkers, are you telling us that the only way to be a New Yorker, you're born in New York, you're raised in New York, but you disagree with her. So you're not a New Yorker, but she is? Really? It's fascinating, isn't it? You're not a New Yorker, she says. Get on a bus and go to Florida 
where you belong. Have you ever heard of politicians talk to voters like this? I haven't. Got to be honest with you. I never have. But they do because they don't care. I mean, they literally do not care. They don't care what you think. They don't care what you are. If you disagree with her, get on a bus. You're not a New Yorker. Get out of here. Go to Florida where you belong. Now, they hate they hate Ron DeSantis almost as much as they hate Trump because they're not sure which one they're going to have to fight off. But for the next 12 years, they're going to have to fight them both off. But it's not just Kathy Hockule. It's not just Biden. James Carville. Chris Hayes, who appears on some program out in the Martian Darkland on MSNBC that no one even knows about. Here's what they think of you. The problem the Republican Party has is they got really stupid people that vote in their primaries. Really stupid people demand to have really stupid leaders. And that's where the Republican Party is now. The problem is the voters. Uh, they are the people who delivered Donald Trump uh, to the Electoral College victory. Well, that's always the case, moron. Whoever wins, their voters delivered that person to that office. Do you not follow that? We could go to Romper Room if you need, and we'll try to slow down for you, Chris Hayes, because you're not very bright. In Carvel's case, when he claims that Republicans are stupid and vote for stupid people in their primaries because they want stupid leaders, this is the guy who voted for Joe Biden. If you if you're gonna talk stupid, you best not be referring to Republicans when the guy you voted for is named Joe Biden. You might want to take a different road there, Carville. I know you're arrogant and you're pompous and you think you know so much and you think it's pretty hip to be a Southern Hoosier like you are. But nonetheless, you're just a hillbilly from the swampland of Louisiana. That's all you are. But you think you're so intelligent, you can't even make a plausible defense of the guy that runs your party. You have to call us stupid. We're the stupid ones because we voted for Donald Trump instead of Joe Biden. Go figure that one out. That would take years of therapy to try to explain to a person like Carville that, no, the stupid ones are you. Okay, is the country better today after almost two years of Biden than it was when Biden took over before the pandemic? The pandemic that the liberals caused. So go back to that day and then tell me, are you better off? Even at the end of Trump's four years, when the pandemic was going on, we were better off. So who's stupid, Garville? Look in the mirror. You'll locate the stupid person. Jason Chaffetz just sits back and laughs, the former congressman. It's all our fault because we voted for Donald Trump? For the left to blame Americans for putting Donald Trump in office is asinine. They should be thanking the voters who did that because we got to see what policies actually work and improve our standard of living. The fact is, Democrats don't like you, and they certainly don't respect you. Folks, you couldn't say it any more succinctly. They don't like you. 
They don't respect you, but I'll go a step further. They hate you. Remember what Trump always said. It's not him they're after. It's us. He's just in the way. And they'll do anything they can, legally or otherwise, to remove him. They've demonstrated that, and it's ongoing. And they should be thanking us. We showed how government can work by putting a businessman in the White House. This illusion that in order to be president, you're supposed to be the most likable person in the world is the most illiterate thought process I could imagine. I don't care what you're like. As long as your policies are sound and they benefit the people of this country, I don't care if you're a Yankee fan or a Dodger fan. I really don't care. If you're cheating on your wife, that's on you. If it's affecting your policy decisions, now I care. I couldn't care less. But media liberals and liberal politicians and liberal people aren't bright. They're just not. And so since they don't understand real policy and they have to lie about facts to make them somehow in their favor, and since they have no solutions and no ideas, they resort, well, he's mean. I don't like him. He has orange hair, which is actually kind of funny. But what they're really saying is, I'm so envious of Donald Trump, I wish I were him. I want to be him so badly I can taste it. But they can't be. Because they're stupid. Victor Davis Hanson has some more differences. He's a fellow out at the Hoover Institution, Stanford University, and a very smart guy. Love listening to his take on everything. VDH, tell us about the differences between liberals and conservatives. But remember, they, the left projects. So if Christopher Steele draws on sources like Dushinko and Dolan, a Clinton operative, they draw on Russian sources to smear Donald Trump, and then they call it Trump collusion. Mm-hmm. So they're talking nonstop about the civil war. They really are. And they do things that are revolutionary. I mean, nobody on the right said, let's junk the the 233-year-old electoral college, the 180-year-old filibuster, the 150-year-old nine-person Supreme Court. Nobody said, let's bring in uh, two more states and end the idea for 60 years of a 50-state union. And then when you look what they've actually done, they failed at that. But nobody in the Republican Party ever tore up the State of the Union address on national mm. TV like Nancy Pelosi. No Speaker of the House, not Newt Gingrich, not anybody else, Paul Ryan. They never said, you can't to the minority party, you can't have these people on the committees. That was a revolutionary thing to do in the House. Uh, nobody ever goes outside the homes of Justice Kagan, thank God, or Justice Sotomayor. They're just not right-wing assassins that show up out there. Man, can you tear it down any more perfectly? Hey, DM Victor Davis Hanson. It's perfect. Those are the things that are real. Those are all facts. Nobody on the conservative side ever does any of that stuff. But you've got people like Christopher Cuomo, a single-digit IQ guy. The entire Cuomo family is filled with single-digit IQs. If you added them all up collectively, they wouldn't hit 10. But Christopher Cuomo, who claims to be a lawyer, claims says, show me where it says protests have to be peaceful. Well, I am a lawyer, 
And I can show you in the Constitution where it says exactly that. Almost word for word, exactly that. But this is how these people are. And now they're the love bugs. Charlie Chris down there in Florida, he's going to run against Ron DeSantis for governor. Charlie Crist, who has a very speculative past of his own, has now decided that Ron DeSantis is a hateful person, and all of you who voted for him are hateful. Just like Biden called you, you're hateful people. You're full of hate. Those who support the governor should stay with him and vote for him, and I don't want your vote. If you have that hate in your heart, keep it there. I want the vote of the people of Florida who care about our state. He is on the battlefield of hate. I am on the battlefield of love. And if he wants to run on hate and culture wars and dividing people and making people hate each other, that's his turf. It's not mine. I'm on a different plane. The love plane. You've heard of the love boat. He's on the love plane. He sounded like a guy full of love, didn't he? If you vote for DeSantis, you stay there. I don't want your vote. I'm on the love plane. He sounded like a loving guy. Wouldn't you love him for a grandpa? I'm telling you, they're certifiable. They're insane. And old Pocahontas, the the chief of Harvard Indian Studies, Elizabeth Warren, got it teed up for her on MSNBC because after all of these beating on the brains of everybody and lying to voters, she thinks that, well, she's giddy, in fact, about the midterms. How are you feeling about the chances of the Democrats holding on to the Senate? Is this the thing? I'm liking it. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. <laughs> it's like a little girl. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. How about that reporter? Is this the thing? She was talking about the college tuition executive order that's illegal. Is this the thing that will help you? I'm liking it. Yeah, because it's illegal. I'm liking it. But it's unconstitutional. I'm liking it. She likes it. So today we're going to find out just how corrupt that judge down in Florida is. We already know. Again, explain this to me since Biden continues to talk about fairness. How can a judge recuse himself from a civil lawsuit that Donald Trump filed against Clinton just six weeks ago. Why did he recuse himself? Because he's biased against Trump and he admitted it. Good for him. Tip my cap to him. That's how you're supposed to do it when you're a judge. But then six weeks later, did his bias all of a sudden become cured? Because a lot of people would love to go to his doctor. You know, I've really got some bias in me. I'd like to get rid of it. We'll go to Dr. Bias Free. You know, the guy that cured the judge down in Florida, Reinhardt. He's cured. Six weeks ago, he admitted bias against Donald Trump so severe that he couldn't preside over a civil case fairly. Now, when the corrupt FBI and the corrupt Department of Justice come to him for an illegal, unconstitutional search and seizure warrant, he all of a sudden isn't biased. And when he unseals that affidavit this morning or at noon, it's going to contain nothing that we care to see. It's all going to be blacked out except people's names like, where are you searching? Mar-a-Lago. Who's searching? Department of Justice. That's it. Tom Dupree is a former 
Assistant Deputy Attorney General, here's what he thinks you'll see. I suspect we're going to get a little more than nothing and maybe not that much more than nothing tomorrow. And look, you're right. The Justice Department has kind of been having it both ways here. On one hand, Merrick Garland has said, look, the Justice Department speaks through its briefs. We speak through our public court filings. But number one, they're not allowing the public to see the most important filings in this case. And number two, they're also speaking through off-the-record leaks to the media to kind of shape the public narrative. So what the Justice Department is saying publicly from the podium at headquarters differs a little from what we're actually seeing unfold in the courthouse. <laughs> you don't have to be a genius to see these things. It's as plain as the nose on your face, as they say. Tom DePree's 100% right. Now, the real question, though, is these politically appointed animals called attorneys general. Why can't we do something about this system to change it? Because never will an attorney general that's appointed by a president turn on that president. Unless your name's William Barr. Unless your name's Jeff Sessions. But the going rate for attorneys general is they do whatever the president tells them to do, just like Merrick Garland. So how do we get rid of them? Professor Alan Dershowitz, how? Special counsels are not perfect, but they're a lot better than the currently politicized FBI, the currently politicized Justice Department, we need to move back. We need to adopt systems of the kind that agree, that occur in other countries, in England and Israel, for example. They separate out the Minister of Justice, which is a political job, from the Director of Public Prosecutions, which is a civil service job, a job that's given only to the most distinguished people. Now, you're right, of course, who will pick the distinguished people? But the more you can separate them out of the politics the better it will be. Not only must justice be done, but it must be seen to be done. And right now, a very large percentage of the American public does not see justice being done. And that's a real problem. And it's not going to be improved tomorrow when uh, the magistrate judge releases the affidavit, because he already said he's not going to release the strategy of the case, the tactics of the case, the theory of the case. Why not? Why does the government have something to hide? Thank you, Professor. Why do they have something to hide? They always do, don't they? These liberals are always hiding because they know what they do is illegal. And they know the media won't have a public outcry to see what's in this affidavit. But here's something that the media could be investigating. You'd think they would. You'd think at the news of this last night that they would have sent every reporter they have out to California to talk to Mark Zuckerberg. Because here's what he said yesterday about the 2020 election and the discovery of the Hunter Biden laptop that the FBI came calling at Facebook prior to the 2020 election, told Zuckerberg to be on the lookout because Russians were putting disinformation out there about the Hunter Biden laptop. This is out of Zuckerberg's mouth now. Basically, the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, some, some folks on our team, and was like, hey, um, just so you know, like, you should be on high alert. There was the, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of, of, um, uh, of, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. I think it was five or seven days when it was basically being um being determined whether it was false um the distribution on facebook was decreased 
but people were still allowed to share it. So you could still share it, you could still consume it. So when um, you say the distribution has decreased, it, it got shared. It, how does that work? It basically the ranking in newsfeed was a little bit less. So fewer people saw it than would have otherwise. Yeah, because the FBI didn't want you to see it. That's why. The FBI actively played a role in rigging the 2020 election. Go past all the drop boxes, all the illegal mail-in ballots, all of the 2,000 mules. The FBI played a major role in rigging the 2020 election against Donald Trump. We have the most corrupt law enforcement agency in the history of the world, and I'm including the Gestapo. Because the Gestapo made no bones about what they were. Here's what we are. We're a terrorist group. The FBI lies to you, tells you how they're protecting you, and they're ruining the country because they are a militaristic operation that operates illegally, that lives on lies, and gets away with it. You don't think they live on lies? You think that's just me? Brett Tolman was a former U.S. attorney. Here's what he says about the FBI's legality of lying. Well, the thing about the FBI that very few, unless you've been in the criminal justice system, understand is they have had decades of being allowed to lie. Legally, they're able to lie. That is written into the law that the FBI, when it's engaged in investigations, can lie to individuals. And you see what lack of accountability and transparency and the combination of the law actually allowing them to do these these tactics has produced. Is that amazing? The FBI is allowed to lie, and their informants lie. Cleo is with us. Cleo, you're not going to lie, are you? I never lie, man. I know you don't. That's why I love you. And, w- and welcome back. I thought maybe the FBI raided your house. Well, it it certainly wouldn't surprise me. Would it surprise you? I mean, they'll raid anybody's house. No. And yeah, you're right. But they, 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 made a, they, they may have planted this bronchitis and strep throat bug in my <laughs> drinking water. That could be. <laughs> By the way, there are too many COVID unexplained deaths. Way too many. Yeah. Well, because they're not COVID deaths, but that's just another lie they tell. Well, there's, there's facts coming from various countries in Europe. People dying. People that shouldn't be dying. People in shape. Athletes dying yep. from COVID. From COVID injections. And people got a right not to get this shot. You're damn right. Uh, you know what? I wouldn't get that shot now if they told me it would save my life. If if somebody tried to convince me, if my best friend doctor would tell me it's going to save your life, I still wouldn't take it. Yeah, the government's shutting down at Alex Barron's, and I think he's suing the government. He is suing him. He's suing the holy hell out of him. Good for him. But the, but the FBI, you're right. The FBI contributed to the uh, uh, investigation into the election. Unauthorized. They slow walk the Hunter Biden investigation, the Hunter Biden investigation. I'm not even sure they're slow walking. I think they just canceled it. Yeah, they just canceled it. And you heard Brett Tolman say that legally they can lie. It, it's it's regrettable. It make, makes Heinrich Himmler look like a pansy. They really do. I mean, they truly do. Heinrich Himmler, if he were alive today, he'd say, my God, we didn't go far enough. Look at the United States. Look at the Gestapo they call the FBI. They're the worst. 
And again, Cleo, again, I, I need to mention all of this poppycock that you hear on these candy ass people on television. Uh, well, not the rank and file. The rank and file of the FBI is every bit as corrupt as the top dogs. Yeah, the FBI has already tried to eliminate conservative agents. That's out there. Yeah. All they want is liberal clowns in there. That's all they want. That's all they want. And they'll come after anybody. How can how can these polls say that three-quarters of the country thinks the country's heading in the wrong direction and the Democratic-Republican polls are close? Yeah. Well, keep, it, and keep in mind... That poll that says three-quarters of the nation says we're in the wrong direction, that's mostly liberals because they poll three out of every four people they poll are liberals. That's yeah, just a no. fact. So then they come and tell you that the race for the House and the Senate are close. They don't even know who's going to be running in most of those races. So that hasn't all been determined yet. These polls are nonsense. They're irrational. They don't even belong there. Nobody's tried to campaign yet, really. I haven't heard one single ad for someone campaigning for these congressional seats or these Senate seats. So it hasn't even started yet. That's a fact. And what's with this newest mantra, the Democrats uh, telling telling people conservatives are terrible people. We don't want your vote. Yeah. I mean, Biden's doing it. Chris is doing it. The New York governor's doing it. Yeah. I guess, I guess one of them does it. The rest of them got to follow. Well, they all get their marching orders every morning from their Democrat, not Nazi headquarters. And so they all have to remember, they use the same words, the same language. They're, they're just a sick pack of puppies, I'm telling you. But yeah, they whatever, hate the, people. The few, they, their hatred is so clear, and it's a clear and present danger in this country, the way these people act. Yeah, their egos know no boundary. No. And their, their, their ability to lie without blinking is what stuns me. I mean, usually, you know, everybody's told a white lie in their life. or You know, if, eh, you know it's not going to hurt anybody. I better lie about this. And you feel uncomfortable when you're doing it. These people, they don't even bat an eye. And they tell yeah. whoppers. Yeah, and the candidates they're coming up with, Kevin. You know, mainly I call on this 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 idiot, this guy Fetterman from Pennsylvania. Oh my God, he's a complete moron. He can't even talk. Look, I know he's recovering from a stroke, but he can't speak a sentence. Okay, I feel bad for him physically. Then get out of the race. You're worse than Biden. Yeah, what about his mental stability? And if if he's not a carbon copy of Uncle Fester of the Adams family, I don't know who he is. <laughs> Uncle Fester, I love it. So is Adam Schiff. Here, here's here's something that I saw yesterday, and it's funny, but it's true. It was Biden dressed up in his air, as an airline pilot, and the question said very simply, if this were the captain as you got on the airplane, would you stay on? <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> and it's true. Instead, he's leading the free world. Yeah. Not just flying you yeah. from here to Phoenix. He's running the whole country. Yeah, I tell you, the, you know, the, 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 again, the candidates are putting forward. This this Fetterman, he, he not only looks like Uncle Fest, he looks like an axe murderer. Yeah, he does. He's got those bugging eyes. And then he has no idea what he's talking about because he's, his stroke is really affecting him. He hasn't recovered. He's, I guess, in the he, process of recovering, but he's nowhere near recovered. And he runs around in a, hoodies. Looking like some yeah. homeless guy off the San Francisco streets. Yeah, the brown hoodie. I guess that'd be his his his. That's his thing. His signature. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah, have to have a thing. thing. Well, and, and uh, how can he get any support? How can anybody vote for that moron? I, I think that of every liberal candidate, I honestly do. 
I never used to think that way, but it's like I said, it's a whole Martian ship that landed and they all got out and here they are trying to take over the country. You can't have any other excuse. There's no other explanation for it. I know most people don't believe in Martians. I do. They're called liberals. (laughs) (laughs) And why is it that all a thousand plus people that had evidence of fraud in the 2020 election, how come never, well, none of them never been brought to court? None of them have ever been sued, even though the liberals tell us they're liars, liars under oath, a sworn oath that you can suffer penalty for perjury. None of them have ever been charged, much less brought to court. Now, it could be they're all dead, but (laughs) they've never been charged. We know that. Yeah, we know reason why, because it it would bring the evidence to, to the public domain. Absolutely. As if we need any more. We now know for a fact out of the liberal mouth of Mark Zuckerberg, that the FBI corrupted the 2020 election. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's unassailable proof. Yeah, from one of their own. He'll be, dead. He'll own. be dead within a week. <laughs> he better watch himself. Mm-hmm. He stepped into it. And, and please take care of yourself, Kevin. I don't want him coming after you. Well, thank you, Cleo. I will, I promise you. And I'm, I'm glad your show is back. I, it was hard doing without it there for a couple of days. Well, I appreciate that very much. It's very meaningful to me when I hear comments like that. Yeah, we got to get the truth out, and there's got to be more people out there saying. We really do. I mean, the truth is the greatest uh, hidden mystery in this country that there ever was, and they don't want it. They suppress it. They don't want it. And they'll sit well, the FBI luck. on anybody who speaks it. Yeah. Well, good luck to Mr. Jones on on getting Corey Bush out of there. He's a you fine betcha. man. Andrew Jones is our hero. Thanks, Cleo. You're welcome. Bye. Have a great weekend. Yeah, me, thank let, you. You betcha. Let me get back to, back to Brett Tolman. Not only did he say the FBI can legally lie, but how do they keep getting away with it? Who's not waking up in Washington? If they have in, in their decision-making decided that the greater good is an investigation of – of Donald Trump or of conservatives and a dangerous policy, and they believe that they have certain statutes that they can investigate as a result of that, then there's really nothing that can prevent them right now in the law from lying, just bold-faced lies. That's why you see things like outrageous conduct that's happening in in relation to the FBI and surrounded by, you know, additional people that they utilize, uh, you know, in their, in their investigations, informants, et cetera, who also lie because they have been grown accustomed without being held accountable for that kind of uh, activity for decades. For decades. It's not new. What have I been telling you? The FBI has been corrupt since its inception. It had a corrupt director from day one, J. Edgar Hoover who was also a whack job. But then it's a long line of corrupt bastards who've been the directors of FBI's. Never has an agency been so consistently corrupted as the FBI. The only agent that's not corrupt in the history of the FBI was Lewis Erskine, who was on the FBI TV show. And he wasn't real. (laughs) Well, you know, as I look at the U.S. Open tennis tournament, which is coming up, and Novak Djokovic, the best tennis player in the world, is not going to be allowed to play. He's going to be banned by the United States of America. He's not banned anywhere else. Banned by the United States of America from entering our country to play in our U.S. Open because he's committed the egregious sin of 
not raping and molesting children, not being a minor attracted person, not being a murderer. No, no. He refused to take the mandated shot. Now, illegal aliens cross our borders every day in the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, without ever getting vaccinated. What does Biden do with them? He puts them in a nice, comfortable jet, flies them to a nice city, puts them up in a nice hotel, treats them like royalty, gives them cell phones, feeds them on your dime. But when Novak Djokovic wants to come in legally with his valid passport, he's barred from entering this country. That alone should cause an outrage that would result in riots, in a civil war. That alone. We've now entered the business in this country of barring people from coming here legally and accepting people who come illegally. Ponder that one. But the Nazi Joe Scarborough describes marching orders from the Gestapo, and he's telling you, here are my orders to you, Novak Djokovic, and others who dare to think like that. If you're a school teacher, if you're a nurse, if you're a cop, you need to get vaccinated. And if you don't, you need to look for another job. The utter arrogance of that son of a bitch. Just the utter arrogance of that little snarky snob. Liberals are just punks, aren't they? For his part, Joker's philosophical about it. When he was at Wimbledon, he he knew what was coming with the U.S. Open, and after he won Wimbledon, he addressed the U.S. Open. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not vaccinated, and I'm not planning to get vaccinated, so the only good news I can have is them removing the mandated green vaccine card, or whatever you call it, to, to enter the United States. Or exemption. It's, or, yeah, I, I don't know. Whether, I, I don't think exemption is realistically possible. Or- no, it's not. Because we have a fascist running this country. A literal fascist. Who's going to dictate to you what you can and can't do. That's fascism. That's real fascism. But the liberals will always tell you what you are when in reality they are. Little Tony Fauci, another little dictator. With the with the, I want to accentuate the part of dictator as dictator. So little Anthony Fauci, small man's complex, decides that he's so important. When he was asked if he would appear before a Senate committee if subpoenaed, he acted as though there would be qualifications. If you look at what's happened in the past, I believe that oversight is an important part of the government process. But some of the things that have gone on have been out, outright character assassination. That's not oversight. So if they want to get into legitimate, dignified oversight, I'd be more than happy to do that. Well, thank you. So if they want to get into what you consider legitimate oversight, and of course we always have to bow to your standard and your definition, if, if Congress decides that you are the final arbiter of what's legitimate oversight, then you'll come in. I've got news for you, Fauci. You're coming in. And Megyn Kelly told Fauci what all of us want to tell him. He's 
sounds like he's been invited to afternoon tea at one of our houses. I will consider it. I'll consider it. You know, only if it's oversight, because what I experienced was personal attacks. I will go if it's true. Or... Fuck you, Dr. Fauci. You don't get to say whether you go. You get a congressional subpoena, you show up, or you get the Steve Bannon treatment. Carpe diem, Megyn Kelly. F you, Fauci. Don't you just want to say that every time you see Fauci's face? Fuck you, Fauci. Who do you think you are, you little runt? And folks, while they're distracting you, they want to make sure as kids go back to school now that parents aren't part of the process. And Dr. Nicole Sapphire warned about this phenomenon. Well, I think something's become abundantly clear over the last couple of years throughout COVID is that the uh, teachers unions and the educators in general are trying their best to separate children from their parents Mm -hmm. the best they possibly can. They're trying to take away any power and decision making from the parents and putting that on the children or the teachers union and their lobby powerhouses. And the issue I have with this is teachers need... Our parents need to be involved. I need to sign permission slips for my kids to go to a museum, but yet I don't need to sign a permission slip for them to change their name, their gender identity, or if they're even seeking help for mental health crises. That is a huge problem. Parents need to be involved. And if there is a concern, there are social services and counselors that can get involved, but you cannot exclude the parents. There is their legal right to their children, their children. And on top of that, by the way, I have a young little boy who wanted to be called a Pikachu for the last, like, six months last year. But just because he wants to be called Pikachu doesn't mean he is Pikachu and doesn't mean at school that he can go there and say, I'm Pikachu. It's not right. They can't just go and say what they want. I understand what you're saying in terms of wanting to be called a different thing, but I can tell you at my kid's school, at the beginning of the school year, they say, legal name, what does your child like to be called? And that is a conversation between the parent and the child, mm-hmm. not, the, not the teacher and the child. Carpe diem, Dr. Sapphire. Now let's a piggy tail onto that. Uh, because Steve Jobs, back in 1995, was talking about the educational system. 1995. In case your math is off, that's 27 years ago. A generation ago. He was clairvoyant in predicting the future of education. If you ask who are the customers of education, the customers are the parents. Not even the students, but the parents. The problem that we have in this country is that the customers went away. The customers stopped paying attention to their schools for the most part. It's that mothers started working, and they didn't have time to spend at PTA meetings and watching their kids' school. Um, schools became much more institutionalized, and parents spent less and less and less time involved in their kids' education. And what happens when a customer goes away and a monopoly gets control, which is what's happened in our country, is that the service level almost always goes down. Man, talk about being right on target. Now, for saying mothers went to work, he'd be chastised today if he said that. They'd try to cancel him. But he also had a solution, a solution and how to change this. I believe very strongly that if the, the country gave each parent a voucher, a check for $4,400 that they could only spend at any accredited school, that several things would happen. Number one, schools would start marketing themselves like crazy to parents to get students. Secondly, 
I think you'd see a lot of new schools start. You would see the quality of schools, again, just like in a competitive market, start to rise. Some schools would go broke. A lot of the public schools would go broke. There's no question about it. It would be rather painful for the first several years. And But I think far less painful than the kids going through the system as it is right now. Man. Boy, do we miss somebody like him, huh? Everything he said was spot on. Competition is the backbone of our society. Things always get worse when competition ceases to exist. Always, whether it's public services, products, service, it doesn't matter. It always goes down when there's no competition to force it to maintain any kind of a standard that's acceptable. And education is no different. And he's right. It would put the public schools out of existence. And that's okay. I'd be 100% on board with that. He's right. It might be painful for a couple of years. But it's much less painful than what kids are going through today. Couldn't agree more. Steve Jobs, a voice from the past, from the grave, very prescient in what he thought in 1995. All right, Danny Define, our young conservative, is going to join us for a rare appearance. Danny's been, uh, been gone for a while, but he's going to join us after the break, and he has some strong views and strong ideas from the younger sector of the audience, and that's coming up next on the Window World King's Court right here. Stay with us.
welcome you back in. Kevin Slate with you on this Friday morning, the day the Lord created. Monday is the day the liberals created. That's three days away. This is Saturday Eve. Kevin Slayton with you right here in the Window World King's Court on KevinSlaytonShow.com. Danny Define joins us, our young conservative thinker. And Danny, of course, uh, used to spend every Friday with us, but he is uh, otherwise employed in other areas, and he still is kind enough to come on and share his views with us. Good morning, Danny. Kevin, good morning. It's good talking to you again. And uh, I wanted to let you and your listeners know, I know I've not been in a political gulag, so... Even though it wouldn't be surprising, I, I've, I've been okay. They haven't came and got me yet. Well, that's only a matter of time, <laughs> young man. Trust me. I know. Or, or they'll infect your drinking water with bronchitis and strep throat. Right, right. It, it's it's a scary time we're living in. I know it's been a few months since we've been able to link up here. But um, it, I, I wish I could say that you know we're in a better situation than we were last time we spoke. But, man, it's um, it, it's scary times now in this country. There's no doubt about it. Well, for a guy in his 20s who's a conservative thinker, um, you're, you're in the distinct minority perhaps, but I, I think you have more company than you believe you have. But what would people in, in your age group think of an article in The Hill that says climate change is why kids are fat? Now, I understand when I gain weight or any of my friends understand when they gain weight that it's usually because those double-stuffed Oreos aren't good for us or a hel- double helping of pasta or uh, – candy bars. We understand that that's usually what adds weight. But when I go outside and it's hot or when I go outside and it's cold, I don't feel like I gained any weight. <laughs> well, Kevin, no, it's because the temperature is so hot now. These poor kids, they, they want to go outside and play. They want to be uh, healthy and active, but the temperature is just too hot. You know, when I was when I was playing Little League Baseball not that long ago, 10, 15 years ago, growing up in the summer here in St. Louis, you know, it always used to be about 75 degrees and breezy. It was delightful. But, you know, climate change really has kicked in the last couple of years, and it's just too hot for these kids to play. Yeah, I don't remember <laughs> any such days in the summer where it was 75 degrees and delightful. My entire lifetime not. in this town, that and from June until August is over, it's in the 100-degree, 90-degree range almost all the time. Of course. You know, I used to play those baseball tournaments, and sometimes we'd have three, four games a day in the middle of July and it'd be 104 degrees with humidity, and that didn't stop us from going out there and playing. You know, Kevin, the, the real issue here is it has nothing to do with climate change. I know the liberals and people on the left, they want to, you know, try to tie climate change to everything. But the truth of the matter is, and I'll give you a perfect example. I actually saw this a couple weeks ago in the grocery store. It's bad parenting. You know, it starts in the home, and that's not only with health, but a lot of different issues in this country that we're facing it starts in the home and, and there's just the, the parenting is just nowhere to be found. I saw this lady walking around the grocery store a couple of weeks ago. I'm not exaggerating. Probably had to be 350, 400 pounds. She had a grocery cart full of just junk. I mean, Mountain Dew, Fritos, <laughs> Doritos, Oreos, you name it. Not one piece of, of nutritional food in there. And then she's walking around with her kid. The poor kid is about seven, eight years old. You know, he doesn't have a say what goes in that grocery cart. And get this, Kevin, although she's, you know, loading her grocery cart up with with junk food to feed this kid, she's walking around. Her kid has a mask on. Okay, so you're that concerned about the kid's health where you're slapping a mask on them to walk through the grocery store, but which, by the way, is completely counterproductive. I think we know that by now. The mask actually 
creates far more germs than uh, not wearing a mask. It absolutely you, does. You, you put the mask on the kid, yet look at your grocery cart. It's just filled with a bunch of crap. So that, that just shows the insanity, the absolute just – I mean, these people are absolutely out of touch. And that poor kid, like I said, seven, eight years old, that kid doesn't have a chance. No. Because at a Not young a age, you're just you're you're just jamming this crap down the kid's throat, and yeah, he is going to grow up to be obese and have diabetes and these other things that you know contribute to uh, you know obesity that contributes to these health problems. And Kevin, it's not only the physical health that you see with the kids now, but a lot of it's the mental health too. You know, it, it is important the kind of foods you're putting in your body, the kind of nutrition you're putting in your body. It greatly does affect your mental and emotional health. And then these parents wonder why, oh, my kid has a short attention span. He can't focus in class. He's, you know, hyperactive. He's bouncing off the walls. Well, can you blame him? All you're doing is, is having the kid drink Mountain Dew and eating Oreos. Yeah, you know, I, I've got to remember that the next time I finish off a box of Cheez-Its. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know me. I, I'm a reduced-fat Cheez-It guy, so I, I try to take the healthy option. No, I'm the same you way. <laughs> and by the way, the reduced-fat Cheez-Its are better than the original ones. Some, somewhere they missed the formula 100%. there. Uh, that that's for certain. Now, now, did you have student loans when you not too long ago, or you were in college? Did you have student loans? So, so Kevin, the the thing is, I I grew up very fortunate. You know, I had a baseball scholarship my first couple of years, and then um, my parents, my dad, he he, that was his goal. You know, from the day I was born, he saved up. He had a college fund for myself and my sister, and and he was able to provide for us there. So I'm I'm one of the fortunate ones. Um, however, if I were to take out a loan. I, I would know that going into it, hey, that's my choice. I choose. To, I chose to take out a loan. That's my responsibility to pay it off. So this whole thing with Biden and this uh, this student loan bailout the other day, I mean, it's a giant slap in the face to people like my dad who did do the right thing to save up and right. to take care of my college for yeah. myself and my sister. Who does it's he a slap in the? Who does he see about getting a refund? I wonder. Exactly. Exactly. You what know, about I'm, other What about other kids your age? Uh, and I say kids, you're not a kid, but other people your age who did have loans that you know that are friends of yours. How do they feel about this? Do they feel like it's fair? Not at all. Not at all. You know, I, I'm 29 years old. I, I still have friends that are even older than me, and they're in their early mid 30s that are still paying off their loans, and some that just paid off their loans you know, a year or two ago. And now Biden comes out and says, Hey, we're going to give you $10,000, you know, towards a student loan bailout, $20,000 if you took out a Pell Grant. And it is, it's a giant slap in the face to people that did the right thing. And it's disgusting because, um, you know, we live in a country now, Kevin, where we're discouraging people from doing the right thing. And we're encouraging people to make irresponsible choices. So absolutely, it, it really it, it zaps your motivation. It really does. It you know why why would I why would I work throughout college to pay off my student debt? Why would I work you know period to, to you know work hard, bust my ass to pay my bills when big government's just going to be there to bail me out anyway? Yeah, and, and that's they, what they, you're seeing. They, they take away your motivation because they, they want do. you to be a vegetable. They want you to be brain dead so they can control you, and they'll throw you these pebbles. Every now and then, if you think about it, $10,000 isn't a lot of money. It, it's, um, by, by that, I mean, it's not going to save you from destitution, financial ruin, but it's 10 grand that they're just going to hand over to you. So they say they never will. And it's just another attempt at controlling you and buying your vote. Now, it's never going to happen because it's illegal. It's unconstitutional. Biden knows that. He also knows that by the time it gets to the Supreme Court, which is where it will end, 
he has enough time. The midterms will have come and gone, and he will have bought some votes. And that's all it's about. Absolutely. It, it, but it just shows, Kevin, that Biden and this regime is willing to throw honest, hardworking Americans under the bus just to garner a few more votes to, in order to maintain and grow their power. I mean, Absolutely. how disgusting is that? When you were in school at Mizzou, did you take business classes? I did. So in any of those business classes, did even at Mizzou, the liberal indoctrination taking place, did any of those professors instruct you that when inflation is high, the government should spend even more money? <laughs> no, you're just pouring gasoline on the fire. And I, and I think it's so, uh, well, I, I wouldn't say funny because there's nothing funny about it. It's so hypocritical that just a few weeks ago, you know, Biden comes out with this Inflation Reduction Act. And by the way, don't you love the little catch names that the liberals sure. throw out there? Like, they love, they love, say, it, Honestly, it's like they're in third grade. Can you give right. your little idea a name? Oh, yes, right. teacher. We'll call it right. the Inflation Reduction Act, but it doesn't reduce inflation. That's okay. Call it whatever you want. Exactly. Well, but they're 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 you know brain dead zombie reporters just or, or uh, followers. They just you know uh, bite on it hook line and sinker. But a few weeks after this quote unquote Inflation Reduction Act, then Biden sent another three billion dollars to Ukraine, which. I mean, that's a situation that's gone on far too long and all the money we've thrown at Ukraine. And then this student loan bailout, if it goes through. But like you said, I don't think it'll go through. But that's going to be upwards of $300 billion. So this regime has spent or wants to spend over $300 billion just a few weeks after this Inflation Reduction Act, which, by the way, the Inflation Reduction Act wasn't going to reduce inflation in the first place. But then weeks later, they're printing. They're just printing money. This is like monopoly money now, Kevin, where it, pretty soon it's going to look like 1920s Germany where you've you're got a wheelbarrow full of cash just to buy a loaf of bread. I mean, really, that's how watered down the USD is right now. And why are we spending any money in Ukraine anymore? It's a corrupt government run by a corrupt president. And I couldn't give two you-know-whats about Ukraine. I feel for their people because they're unfortunately under that kind of rule. But guess who else is? We are. So I feel for us as much as I feel for Ukraine. The difference is Ukraine's not strong enough militarily to fight off the Russians. But do you hear anything about what's going on over there anymore? I don't. It's almost as though the war stopped. It is. There's a bunch of red flags here, Kevin, where I, I definitely have my suspicions about what's going on there. And it, it's, you know, it, it does. It makes me mad because the United States, we continue to funnel money over there when we have people suffering right here at home. You know, how about this? How about we take just a fraction of that money and finally secure a southern border? That's the biggest story that a lot of people aren't talking about. I know you talk about it. I know Fox News, some of their, uh, you know, TV hosts, they'll talk about it. But for the most part, it's pretty much swept under the rug. The southern border, I, you can't underestimate this enough. You, you, it, it is crucial that we secure our southern border. Uh, the flood of illegal aliens coming over, and then also the drugs, the fentanyl, which is killing thousands of people here in the United States every single month. A lot of them young people, kids in high school, college age. That That is the biggest crisis, in my opinion, that we're facing now. But yet nobody wants to talk about it. And uh, all the blood uh, of those deaths is on Biden's hands. And I don't Absolutely. know how people go to bed at night knowing that they've contributed to all of these drug deaths and these parents who are distraught and these families who are ruined over these deaths, and Biden has caused them all. It, every one of them is his fault because he's the one who's allowed this to happen. And yet 
These liberals, they don't care. None of them care. In fact, I shouldn't just say Biden. It's on the hands of every one of them because none of them speak out against it. it it's, it's an insane world when, as I was talking about Novak Djokovic, who cannot come here legally because he hasn't had a mandated shot that doesn't work, but illegal aliens can come in here illegally and not be injected. What kind of a right. country is this? I know. No, it makes you want to bang your head against the wall, Kevin. It really does. And, and listen, you know, we we're talking about the southern border and how Biden wanted to tear down the fence. And, and he did do that with Donald Trump's project there. So I was in Washington, D.C. a few weeks ago, and I was absolutely shocked. I was walking around all these buildings like the White House had a fence around it. Well, I thought fences didn't work. According to Biden, according to Nancy Pelosi, Kamala Harris, according to those swamp rats in Washington, fences don't work. At least that's what they told us about the southern border. Yet when I go to Washington, D.C., I see a fence around every single important building there. Mm. So the hypocrisy of these people, it just oozes out of them. And, Kevin, I don't know if you uh, if you brought this up on your show earlier, but Biden is actually putting a $500,000 security fence around his vacation home in Delaware. Did you see that? <laughs> well, and, and I can guarantee you those fences around the buildings in Washington and around his Delaware primary residence, because that's where he is most of the time, um, those are not quite the secure wall that President Trump built on the southern border. And when you say Congress should allocate money for that fence, uh, for that wall to be finished, it was already paid for. That money was right. already paid for. Trump had it all paid for. And this jackass has decided to take our money, $2 million a day we were losing, and just let it sit there. This is the kind of people that run this country, and the 98% of the people in this country who are completely illiterate and batshit, they don't seem to care. No. It's we are. Um, it's a DEFCON 1 situation, Kevin. It really is. I mean, we're you know almost two months, a little over two months out now from the midterms. And, and I got to tell you, this is the most important midterm election of our lifetime. I think every election moving forward is the most important of our lifetime because – Really, what you have hanging in the balance here, not only with the midterms, but then 2024, you know, I don't know if Biden's going to run again. I would say probably not. Uh, but that 2024 election, and again, it, it depends on what happens here in November. But, I mean, we're, we're in serious territory right now. We're in serious danger of losing this country once and for all. I mean, I, I already think we have one foot in the grave. I think this country is rapidly turning into a socialist country. And you're seeing it with all the money printing and with all the free handouts with this massive government overreach. Did you hear that woman? Talk. Did you hear that woman who won a, the nomination on the Democrat Party for a, a, I think it's a state house. I don't think it's a national office in New York, screaming and jumping around saying, it's a victory for socialism. We will take over the country with our socialist state. Yep. They're I brazen did. about it now. They don't even care if you know what they're up to. No. And, and it does worry me as this younger generation comes up and they, you know, turn 18 and they start voting uh, and not to mention all the illegal vote, uh, illegal votes that are casted in, in the election fraud. But um, all these young kids, they grew up being indoctrinated, whether it's by their whack job teachers. And, and that even goes into elementary and preschool now. I mean, that's how bad it is with these teachers. It's that, and then it's big tech. And I know you just talked about this a few minutes ago, but Zuckerberg was on the Joe Rogan show, I guess it was yesterday or the day before, and admitted that they buried the Hunter Biden laptop story. It, Twitter, Twitter actually buried it worse than Facebook did. 
Twitter did a complete ban on that story, and Facebook suppressed that story greatly right before the 2020 election. So I worry about the kids that are going to be voting here in the next election that they grew up watching TikTok or they grew up, you know, getting their information from Instagram. It's it's just the propaganda and it's the indoctrination of these young kids. And and hey, I'll give them credit. The liberals they know how to do politics. They stick together. They indoctrinate the youth, and then they shove this propaganda down your throat. They control the media. And that's been their game plan all along, Kevin. I mean, that's yes, that's, it has. That, and that's the goal. Jared Kushner's book came out yesterday, uh, which I'm going to purchase today. And in the book, he hits the nail on the head. He says about Donald Trump, his father-in-law, he didn't adapt to Washington to play by their rules and follow their processes, and he was an existential threat to their power. But a lot of those leaders in Washington were generals with no army, and I think Trump and I never saw it as like right versus left. I always, and we, saw it as a function of outside versus inside. And he was ready to really fight for the forgotten men and women of this country, who the career political class has basically sent their children to wars, sent their jobs overseas to China and Mexico with these awful trade deals. Trump saw it, he stuck to his guns, and I really respect him for it. He's a threat to these people, and we've known that all along. Yeah. And, you know, Trump has been saying for years now, even before he was elected president on the campaign trail in 2015 and 2016, he said, you know, I'm the only guy that's standing between you and them. And if you didn't if you didn't think that before, now you definitely have to think that after the Mar-a-Lago raid and the way that Biden has weaponized the DOJ to go after political opponents. I mean, if, if that just doesn't confirm everything that Donald Trump has been telling us for the last five, six years, I don't know what more you need to see, because that is how sick these people in Washington are. And Biden's right up there at the head of the snake. That's how sick these people in Washington are. And, and hey, it's not only Democrats, too. There's a lot of rhinos up there that want Donald Trump gone. They don't want anything to do with him. They, they want to get rid of him because Donald Trump is an outsider. He's calling these people out. He's pulling back the curtain on all the corruption, the decades and decades of corruption in Washington, D.C., and and he is a giant threat. And I think this Mar-a-Lago raid and every other thing that they've thrown at him the last five or six years, I mean, that, that, that just reinforces it right there. That reinforces that these people are absolutely terrified of this man getting back into the White House. Yes, they are. And now they've set their sights on DeSantis just in case they can keep Trump out. Uh, they'll go after DeSantis in the same vicious lie-filled criminal way. Hey, Danny, we're out of time, but great stuff this morning. It's great to have you back on the show. Absolutely, Kevin. It was uh, great getting back on here and uh, love trying to solve the country's problems with you. We'll we'll give it our best, buddy. We'll keep fighting. That's the key. Absolutely. Thank you, Kevin. All right, Danny. Thank you, bud. Have a great weekend. That's Danny Define. He uh, represents the younger conservative thought. And, folks, you'll be surprised how many young conservatives there are out there. We can thank God for that. And thank God for their parents. That's going to wrap us for today and for the week. It's Saturday Eve, so get your party shoes on. It's the day the Lord created. Monday will be here soon enough, the day the liberals created. We hate it. We hate Monday. But it will be here soon enough. But let's ignore it because today's Friday. And then tomorrow, you know what that is. College football kicks off. College football is upon us. I'm in heaven. All right, back fighting the good fight for you on Monday morning. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody.